0: And welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith I'm here alone for a solo interview episode. Chuck and John will be back on Thursday for the full episode. The second round of the NBA playoffs is going to be over really quickly, it looks like. I think the NBA salary cap might go down because these series got over so quick. And there won't be any basketball on for a few days. I think that's how it works. I might need to ask like a, one of these cap experts if that is actually how it works. Are we losing basketball revenue by having really short playoff series? I know that was the case when the Warriors uh, wrapped up quickly a couple years ago. But anyway, these second-round series look to be done. So uh, not much drama there before they are done, you got a few more days. You might as well download the draft app. I've been telling you about draft.com slash fast I've been racking it up against some strangers. Once I turned my focus away from just playing against the listeners, I uh, started doing much better. But there's only a few more days uh, of the NBA playoffs to get in on the fantasy basketball. It's super fun. It's part of my daily basketball viewing habit. You can use our code FASTBREAK and you get a free $3 entry into any money game. It's super easy to deposit money because it's legal in almost every state because it's fantasy basketball, not gambling, according to the lawmakers. So definitely check it out. Download the Draft app in the Android or iTunes app store, draft.com slash FASTBREAK. Use that code FASTBREAK. This episode today with James Holis is about the surprising Boston Celtics looking like they're going to advance to the conference finals. Yes. They're the two seed, but literally no one really picked them. I mean, a few people picked them, but the large majority of people did not pick them. Vegas did not pick them at all. So James is a, uh, despite his reputation, a fairly humble Celtics fan. And, uh, he's fun to talk to about it. We do maybe dunk on the Sixers a little excessively. So, uh, Go ahead and gird yourself up for that Sixers fans. You can take it. It's uh, it's all it's all part of the growing process, if you will. Uh, if you want to support our show, go to patreon.com/fastbreakbreakfast, sign up and you get access to exclusive bonus content and you can join our $3 a month Slack chat where we're talking about basketball and whatever else around the clock. So, if you've been listening to us for a while and want to help out the show, the best way to do that is patreon.com slash fast breakfast. Also, if you are going to be in the Nashville area next week, on Tuesday, May 15th, we are hosting a fast break breakfast NBA draft lottery party sponsored by the Memphis Grizzlies. So Tuesday, May 15th at 6 p.m., we will be at the mainstay in East Nashville with Prizes, drink specials, having our own NBA draft lottery party. Is the only official Memphis Grizzlies draft lottery party occurring in Nashville, Tennessee? I can't say definitively, but I think it might be true. I do know the Grizzlies have sent us some prizes and some stuff to give away. Will there be $1 beers if the Grizzlies get the top pick? I think there might. It's going to be a whole heck of a lot of fun. We will also be hanging out, me, John, and Chuck, to watch NBA basketball. Afterwards, it'll just be a good, fun time to hang out. You don't have to be a Grizzlies fan. Any NBA fan we will even take hockey fans. But we will be at the mainstay on Tuesday, May 15th at 6 p.m., giving out prizes. They will, uh, however, probably all be Grizzlies prizes. Maybe we'll have a fast-break breakfast prize sprinkled in, but... It'll be a fun time. We're going to hang out for a few hours. If you listen to the show, come on out. We can all hang out, have a good time, uh, and cheer and or laugh at whatever uh, the lottery gods have in store for the poor, unfortunate teams. Anyway, NBA Draft Lottery Party, May 15th at the Mainstay at 6 p.m. My guest today is a contributor at B-Ball Breakdown and Real Ball Insiders. You know him from lots and lots of basketball podcasts, including uh, you got the Dunktails Pod and the Almighty Ballers, the Bod Pod. Of course, the man snotty-dripping, James Hollis. James, how are you?
1: What is up? I'm feeling fine.
0: I'm sure you are feeling fine. You are a fan of the Boston Celtics. What is going on? It's not even fair. But don't actually answer yet. James, have you had breakfast?
1: Uh, seeing as it's like, yeah, I have.
0: I well, I mean, breakfast. it's really late at night. Uh, the Houston Rockets just took care of the Utah Jazz. What was your What, what was your best breakfast from the weekend? Uh, oh, this morning.
1: Yeah, I made three scrambled eggs and uh and uh some uh, steak, piece of steak.
0: You had steak and eggs?
1: Bacon, eggs for breakfast.
0: Hey, as uh, on our show that is the best thing. So uh, you are living you're living your best life. And I mean, uh,
1: when your team's up 3-0 on the team that's been the you know, on the team that people were saying is going to go to the finals, you're pretty excited.
0: So that literally is why you're here. Got to talk about it. It is uh its it has been on the forefront of my mind. Sixers Celtics I picked the Sixers to win. It seemed like everyone picked the Sixers to win. We got so carried away after, after the first round. I'm pretty sure you picked the Celtics to lose in the first round to the bucks. So give me in your headspace, James, as a Celtics fan, what are you thinking? Did you think they would also lose to the Sixers? And, uh, how are you feeling now? Obviously being up three, three zero.
1: Okay. Hold on. Remind me again. How family friendly is your show?
0: Uh, Family friendly.
1: Okay, so first I want to say is why you bring up old stuff about the the Bucks, right? So yeah, no, okay. So full disclosure. uh, All right, so look, Gordon Hayward went down. Boom. You know, um, I think like Vegas had had the Celtics at thirty-seven wins after Hayward went down. Um, They Boston still won. Kyrie went down after sixty-something games. And they still play really well, right? So that's great. But I I just figured that there's a war of attrition going on in Boston. And sooner or later, especially in the playoffs, talent counts more in the playoffs. Top-level talent wins in the playoffs. Giannis played like an MVP caliber all season. I didn't really watch too much Milwaukee. I realized how stupid they were. They're a stupid team, you know? <laughs> very, very they're
0: stupid team, <laughs> yeah.
1: very dumb team. They just don't play very smart, and that's all coaching and systemic. And so I didn't realize that. I'm thinking, all right, well, they might lose in six or seven to the Bucks, and I was I was fine with that. Yeah, you know, this whole season's been house money, right? You know, once so hey, these guys. I want my guys to get some young guys get reps. Somebody's going to have a one good, you know, uh, let's say Jalen has a 30-point game in the playoffs. They're losing six to the Bucks. No big deal. We're ready for next season. So that was a very pleasant surprise. And um, I did. I picked Philly in seven, I think. Maybe uh-huh. even six. Right? Because, hey, we just saw what Philly did to Miami. You know? And Bead is a monster. Uh, ben Simmons is going to be a superstar eventually. You know, he's in the mold of, like, LeBron. Uh, big, fast, strong. So I just figured they'd kind of overwhelm the Celtics. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was I was I was really prepared for the the Philly Twitter trolls to you know just wreck Al Horford, and uh, in return Al Horford is wrecking them. So it's it's uh, yeah man it's this is unbelievable absolutely.
0: One thing you said about it being house money that's the reason why I wanted to talk to you, to you specifically James about this series because as a non Celtics or Sixers person as just a general NBA fan without a dog in the fight this has been tough for us to pick who we want to cheer for because both fan bases are terrible. Like you guys, they're, they're large fan bases. They're loud fan bases, very outspoken. But I actually, when you've been on the show before, you've talked about this whole season. It's all house money. It's all icing on the cake. It's all like you went to Vegas you won, you cashed out. And then on your way out of the casino, you found like a $25 chip and you're like, oh, I'll just play this and see how far it goes. And and so far, like you've been having a great run. So I like, I've always hated the Celtics and you know, the Sixers were just kind of whatever. And then when the Sixers were terrible, I, I found them like, like sweet and amusing and like, Tranny, I, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like was tr- I, I was pulling for them. and, and I, I've said this on, on, on my show several times, If the Sixers players, if Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, like they were in a vacuum where I didn't hear, or even if I wasn't, maybe if I just wasn't on Twitter, like I would love the Sixers. Like I love watching them play. But because it became this huge referendum on the process, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to cheer for the Celtics, one of my least favorite franchises ever, just so I don't have to hear the process referendum like continue. So all that to say, I've been pulling for the Celtics, so I've been enjoying the series, and I like your take on it. As it's all superfluous; none of this was expected. This is just like a rebuild. We're just building for the future, and uh, I like your attitude, which I think is really funny because, like your your Twitter persona. Can be combative, <laughs> you know. Like you, you might lean into being obnoxious at times, uh, at times. At times, but I think it's really funny how your take on the Celtics, though, is like the most calm, the most chill, the most like, yeah, it's great, it's cool. So that you all, know why? What
1: I'll say, I'll say this: the reason why is because before G- Gordon Hayward went down, I was puffing out my chest. Uh-huh. finals. Yeah. And I was, I was pretty cocky about it. And I feel like we sell the, the Celtics fan base in general, we offended the basketball gods and <laughs> you know, no, I'm not, I, we can laugh about it, but it's the same way, you know, the announcer curse. Oh. And uh, Hey, we're, you know, uh, Kyrie has, has made 17 straight free throws and he clanks the very next one. Yeah. Like I'm not a really, a, you know, I'm not super superstitious, but those kind of things I've noticed that. So I made a point um, and you know, basketball guys, obviously, you know, we didn't no one Gordon Hayward going down was a terrible, it was an accident, obviously, but it sucks. But since then I realized, uh, let's go back to your analogy of, you know, uh, you, the house money, my analogy, mine is like, you go to the, you go to the casino and you lose your ATM card. Uh-huh. That's what you lose your ATM card. So you don't even get to really gamble. And then you find a, a $25 chip and <laughs> then you win like a hundred bucks. So yeah. like, lose your ATM card, you don't have money, but you still do alright. So that was, that's how this season was to me. And my big thing is like, look, we know Philly and Boston had this great rivalry back in the 80s, right? This is not the 80s. Like No one really remembers that rivalry, so I don't hate Philly fans. So I was really shocked by just the, the acidity and the <laughs> yeah. viciousness. Of the oh, uh, and I'm like, what? why do you guys hate? I like Philly. I've been supporting you guys. I've been a, a supporter of the process. What are you guys yelling to me for? So um, <laughs> Yeah, I go out of my way not to do the whole. And you know what? I, I I've been on Twitter for a long time. Getting dunked on Twitter, meaning like you say something big and bad, and then it comes back and slam you in the face. It's not a lot of fun. <laughs> it happens. I get it. It's just the fact that I didn't want to. I mean, I was being realistic. Philly yeah. had those two, like two almost, you know, superstar young players. You know, borderline superstar players. Boston's good. I just didn't think they had the talent, but I mean I underestimated Brad Stevens. And um so now I get to watch all of the loud Philly fans get dunked on. You know, so it's been fun.
0: Yeah, again the the the, the and has been fun for those of us without a dog in the fight. Just being watching the kind of the Sixers people who uh again, I feel like they I feel like they started crossing a line where it's like you guys you haven't done anything yet. Like you, you have fun guys. Like you have fun you young know, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: my analogy for Philly fans is it's like the kid whose parents are really strict and they didn't get to drink until they went to college at the age of twenty, like you know, a couple years late. And their first party, they go and they slam ten beers and they get wasted and they can't handle it and then they can't <laughs> hang over. That's what I think of Philly fans right now. They've been you no know, Philly's been bad for over a decade and this is their first taste of success and they're drunk off of it. And it's just fair.
0: A- no, it's it's a good it's a good analogy and I keep telling myself like these guys have had a tough go. Like yes. A lot of them bought into the process and they understood where they were going, but it hasn't been easy. So I, I should cut him a break.
1: No, no, don't cut him a break because they're still terrible.
0: <laughs> they're still well, so like the Celtics, the way they're winning, Terry Rogier, tell me about this guy. Like, I felt like I watched him play in the regular season. You know, he had a couple big games when Kyrie was out, but I didn't expect sustained postseason success. The guy doesn't turn the ball over. He looks like a, a near all-star. Like, he's out there like a healthy Mike Conley. It's driving me nuts. Like, where where did this guy come from? How's he doing it?
1: Again, and it goes back to it all strings together why I'm so just giddy. Danny Ainge got ripped all summer because he wouldn't trade, do things like trade Rozier and, you know, a pick for Serge Ibaka because they had to make the push right now. They're all in, right? And Serge, obviously, has declined a lot, you know, and, uh, you know, so he just, it's... It goes all credit to Danny Ainge for his drafting, right? Because Terry Rozier, I thought he was a good scrappy player. You're right. When he started those last, uh, I think, like 15 games without Kyrie, he averaged like 14, 5, and 6. You know, he didn't shoot well, shot 37% from three, but he's he scrappy. He's fun. He's playing like like you said. He's averaging 19 points a game in the playoffs. And in this series alone, he's averaging like, I think, over 20. So, um Shows how hard Brad Stevens and the guys work, and uh, they draft people. They draft guys who uh, who buy into the system and are, are willing to do the work. And Terry Rozier couldn't shoot coming out of college; he couldn't shoot, and now he's a, he's a, a dead-eye three-point shooter. You leave him open, he's going to drain him. So um, he's fast, he's aggressive, he's athletic. He reminds me a little bit of a smaller Dwayne Wade, with the because like he he has that that kind of bouncing step, and he has the, the euros. He's not as strong as Dwayne obviously but um yeah he's uh he's he's been incredible. The only, the only thing that makes me sad is he's playing so well he's probably pricing himself out of the Celtics range.
0: Yeah, when and he- they still have him for another year but I guess there's some talk maybe like there there could be an extension uh in the works for him. It, it's hilarious to me that after all, the, you know the year of Isaiah Thomas, the year he had last year, and all the talk of backing up the Brinks truck, and then obviously, I guess it's not funny what happened to Isaiah Thomas. You know, like he lost out on a ton of money because of his health. But now all of a sudden, like if they hadn't moved him, if Kyrie Irving hadn't come in, if Kyrie Irving hadn't gotten hurt, like now all of a sudden, as you said, Terry Rozier has like stumbled into the. They might have to back up a Brinks truck for him, or, or someone will. You know, it's a. It's just strange. I guess it's funny how, how the. Uh, it's it, the random chances of, of all these things working out. The other guy, the partner in crime, uh, I guess the, uh, the new Celtics big three, you know, you got Terry Ruggiero, you, <laughs> Hor- you got Al Horford, who, uh, you mm-hmm. know, is uh, having revenge on Sixers fans. But then Jason Tatum, you know, like the big rookie who, again, the storyline, incredible. They traded in a very non-processed move. The Sixers traded that, you know, that that pick that became Jason Tatum to the Celtics to trade up to get Markel Fultz, who, according to I guess, Brett Brown is unplayable in this series. Jason Tatum so far in, in the three games of this uh Sixer Celtics series, averaging twenty-four points a game, uh, looking again like an all-star, not hitting a rookie wall. Uh obviously he started the season, you know, hitting like all his three-pointers, but now like He's playing as good as he's played all season. So again, h- how surprised or what are you seeing from him, like being kind of like the main guy in in his first playoff go?
1: Yeah, I think what we're learning is that no matter what you see from a Celtic, it's not you're never going to see the whole the whole package. But or I'll say this: things are never what they seem. Isaiah looked like you know like a bona fide superstar in Boston in his role, and you know, sure the injuries played something into it too. But I mean, it's also just the role. Jay Crowder, he looked like you know. He looked like a really high quality almost fringe all-star honestly like last year and then no now you know they got booted out of Cleveland cuz he just didn't fit and he didn't really play that well. Um uh Evan Turner. He looked like a quality NBA player and he goes to Portland and I know Portland's kicking themselves cuz they want to get him out of there at that price. So uh, yeah, something this is we we get we get mad when we say like Kawhi is a system player cuz that's just not true. But there, there are some systems that help players out, and that's what we see in Boston. As far as Tatum goes, my one concern this season was that he wasn't being very aggressive. Uh, you said it correctly. First half of the season, he was just like, I think he shot over 50% from three through January. And all of a sudden, he kind of tailed off, and he hit the rookie wall. We thought he hit the rookie wall, and he wasn't really being that aggressive. But that's he was playing his position, and now he's been unleashed. And this guy is like, I, I, I didn't think he'd be this good this fast. I thought Jalen Brown would be the guy in the playoffs and, you know, he got injured. I thought, you know, that's why I thought Boston was really in trouble. But uh, yeah, Jason Tatum is, uh, he got the handle, the handles. No, the handling's to be worked on, but uh, he has the shot. He's aggressive. He's long. He, he can get by guys like Robert Covington is a great defender. There's that one play. He just sized him up and two dribbles was right by him and at the rim, Duncan, you know, it's, it's incredible. He's uh, it's a great problem for Boston to have. Cause in, in two years they have their, <laughs> if they keep everything as, as is in two summers, they're going to have like, like five or six guys who are in line for huge paydays.
0: Well, he, he, and as you mentioned, Jalen Brown is hurt. And that was another one of the things that led everyone to think the Sixers were going to win the series. Like, it's just crazy. Like they're doing it without Jalen Brown, you know, or, or like Jalen Brown has come back, but, but they started the series without him. And he even, he, he looks, you know, like a little dinged up still. Like he looks like he's moving gingerly despite dunking on people, uh, like Jalen is not a hundred percent. So it's just crazy looking at this team next year. We'll come back to the playoffs, but, you know, obviously they're missing Gordon Hayward. One thing that makes me slow down when I, if I want to get too excited about this Celtics team is, bear, bear with me, I, I don't see how adding Gordon Hayward to this team that's playing right now makes them that much better because, like, Gordon Hayward is better than Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum, but the minutes he plays are going to be at the expense of Brown and Tatum's minutes. So it hmm. seems like, yeah, adding Gordon Hayward will make the Celtics better, but not like well, way better, you know, like the, that, he's not, he's not replacing, uh, Shane Larkin's minutes or something.
1: Okay. So here's, here's the thing right now that you make a very good point. Cause you're right. I think by next year and a couple of years, he's, you know, he is going to be almost indistinguishable from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as far as effectiveness. But like right now, do you know who Abdel Nader is? Oh, of course. Okay. After they got minutes during the regular season. Yeah. So did uh, so did Jabari Bird. So did uh, like Shane Larkin's getting minutes in this series. Guess what? Gordon Hayward plays. None of those guys ever play. Right. You always have at least two of those of, Jordan, of Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, and uh, and, and guess what? Yabu, Yabusele at Power Forward, it'll never happen because now you'll just put Gordon Hayward at Power Forward, or if you want to say Jalen... Jalen Brown's the power forward, whoever. No, nominally, it doesn't matter. You can play all three of those guys rotating through uh, shooting guard, small forward, and power forward, and just shuttle them in and out. They'll all get their minutes. You yep. know? Right. So, it, I, like, that's, that's – that's, people keep making that – you know, I think somebody even threw out there, they have to trade Gordon Hayward now. You can have more than three good players, and there's plenty of minutes to go around. And, you know, go, I'm sorry.
0: No, I would say you can have all three of those players. What, however, if you did traded Gordon, Gordon Hayward, like, is there a better type of player that this team playing right now could use besides like another, you know, like a Gordon Hayward type?
1: I don't think so, because I mean, look, we're, we're seeing right now it's all about switchability. Yeah, that's what that's how Boston's killing Philly right now. The fact that Philly doesn't have enough two way players, right? More, uh, J, J J Redick's a, a great shooter, and Marco Bellinelli and you know you saw these guys are the great floor stretchers, but on their other end they're getting cooked. And then when they put the defenders in, the defenders can't score. Well, in those three guys, those three being Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, you have the best of both worlds, and you can rotate those. You can have at least two of those guys on the court at all times. That's incredible. So I, I think um, you know that regular season will make them better, obviously, because you know you're not you hope you probably won't lose that February game to the Kings because nobody just has it. Cause you got, be, you'll be so talented. And in the playoffs again, when the other team brings in their second units, you're still busting in the head with starter quality players. Cause you can always have two of those guys on the floor. So, you know, I, I just don't, again, like right now, you know, Bain is getting big minutes beside Al Horford. Right. And Marcus Morris. Imagine if you told me right now, you, you take Marcus Morris off this team. You bring in Gordon Hayward. How much better is this team? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's the stats won't show it, and you're right, numbers are probably going to drop for all these guys. But I think the team is going to be so much better, right? It's going to just hum. So I'm, I'm excited to see it.
0: I'm trying to quantify. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an, uh, I'm not an analytics expert, uh, or even you know smart at it. Like, like I wonder what is like, what's your what's your net rating gain on just going from a Marcus Morris playing 20 minutes to Gordon Hayward playing 28 minutes? You know, like it's obviously in a gain, but it's a uh, Th- that's what the, I can ask. I can ask the nylon calculus guys. Like, how how many well, I, wins are we adding when we stick him into the rotation and then taking other guys minutes away?
1: Well, let's talk about this. Hey, Gold, Golden State won seventy three without Kevin Durant, right? Yeah. And then they didn't win as many games, but they, they dang sure were better the next season with Kevin Durant, right?
0: Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure.
1: You know. So I mean, I get it, and people are going to ask that question. And I guess the big question is, Gordon Hayward, what's his trade value? He's making max money, and people don't know what he's going to look like when he's back. So it's almost like a moot point.
0: That's fair. Um, have you, have you, has your opinion changed on your opponent? Like, have you, has your opinion changed about Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons at all based on this, uh, Oh, three hole they find themselves in?
1: Uh, no, I think my opinion changed more about Boston and the talent level. Cause people keep saying, you know, well, look at Steven. They make it sound like Steven's is doing this with, uh, you know, the, the Charlotte, uh, Bobcats. Yeah. You know, like he doesn't have any talent, but I mean, Hey, Gordon, Hayward, uh, not Gordon Hayward. Uh, Brown, number three pick Tatum, number three pick. And, you know, according to Danny Ainge, which we don't believe would have been the one pick, uh, you know, Al Horford was a lottery pick. These are, these are really good players. And, and I underestimated, <laughs> I don't I, no, say I underestimated Brad Stevens again, because he's, he's outsmarting the Sixers, right? I, hey.
0: I, I will say, I think that game seven against the Bucks, you guys had a, like a closing lineup of Shane Larkin, and uh, who was that? Baines was out there. Marcus Morris. That, 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 that was blowing my mind. I was like, how is they? How are they winning?
1: It's absolutely like, and he, every it, it just blows. Like it, I'm just I'm almost speechless at times. And it it he 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 drills into the team exactly what they want them to do, and everyone carries out their role to perfection. There's gonna be mistakes, obviously, but like, look, they they are they. You can see they know it. We'll let him be. Do whatever he wants. We'll give him the shots. Baines, stay between him and the rim. Orford, keep your hands back um and you know hey he's his numbers are okay he's not shooting the ball well same thing with ben simmons hey we know he likes to go to the rim so they just don't let him get downhill they stay far enough off him to entice him to shoot which i know he's not but they don't let him get a, a big head of steam and he always sees bodies and they're they, they don't just do it for two or three quarters they do it for the entire game that's the thing that uh, the celtics are so impressive they're young but they're so disciplined to not just stick to the script they, they do it for the full forty-eight minutes, and it and it's been working to perfection.
0: Also, with Brad Stevens getting those late-game sidelines out of bounds plays. In that game three against the Sixers, it was just incredible. Like Marcus Morris going up for a jump shot. Brad Stevens like grabs the official, like timeout, timeout, timeout. Don't let him, don't let him shoot, which was like, it was like a decent shot. Like, you know, he had a open ish 20 footer. He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to run a play and get, and get a layup. He did it twice in a row. Like got Joel Embiid away from the basket, got that lob towards the basket layups. it, It was, it seemed unfair. It's like, it's like, it's like Brad Stevens was going back to the old super tech mobile days. Where he had like the unstoppable crossing route to the tight end, and he was just like, okay. I, "I have this secret play; it will, it will always work." <laughs> it, it didn't, see, it didn't seem fair. It, no, it
1: doesn't. <laughs> and that, it, it, like, we know Brett Brown was—he was considered one of the coaches. You know, like people were putting his name out there for coach year candidate. And I, you no, know, hey, regular season, he deserved it. Brad Stevens is coaching circles around him right now. Yeah. And again, though, so this is James Hollis. I'm very measured about it. I'm very complimentary of the Sixers because, hey, these guys are young. It's their first playoffs um we're, we're seeing the limitations of that team as far as two guys very top heavy and the rest of their guys are have serious flaws and that's fine now Snoddy wants to shout from the rooftops because you know philly fans killed al horford all year because of the all-star debate yeah. well, it wasn't really a debate right well, we don't the better player uh the more all-star worthy player because of numbers and OK, but, you know, they really dragged Al Horford. They dragged Brad Stevens. People were saying how great a coach is he really. They almost lost to the to the Bulls last year, you know, and, you know, it, it's it, this has been the, a redemption playoff for me because it's last year. They got smoked. Boston got smoked by the Cavs. That leaves a bad taste in your mouth. So to see them overachieving, it's uh yeah. And, and to think about how next season Kyrie's going to be back. Like you said it, Jalen Brown's not healthy right now. I wanted to, he needs to sit. I, I I would rather them lose the series and just sit him out than have him do something to his leg, but that's fine. He's playing. I can't do anything about that. Um, Gordon Hayward's be back next year. So it's, I, I'm licking my chops. I'm excited about next season.
0: Thinking about next season, like, like can Terry Rozier do that? Do what he's doing as a backup? Is this like one of those things where he has to be a starter and he has to get 30 minutes to like, to put this, these numbers up?
1: That's a, very, that's a very valid question. Some people, and I, I'm glad you asked that because I think a lot of people don't understand that there are some guys you just can't put into a small role. You just can't tell me I need you for 15 minutes because they just won't be able to, they can't do that. Some guys just can't do that. So um, I, I hope he can. I hope he can fall back into into his position. And and I, again, next year we might really see almost like the, the Warriors when no one plays more than 30 minutes a game. Right. Because I think they're going to they're going to just get it by their minutes and time. And so um, I hope so. This decision has to be made, though, because Marcus Smart is a free agent this year. Rozier next summer. They pretty much have to pick one. Uh, So um, I I think Rozier might be on the way out. I hope not. But I think he might be on the way out.
0: I, I just hope whatever team gets him understands he won't be as good as he was on the Celtics. I feel like we need to learn, like, don't trade with the Celtics guys those uh you you said it i'm not going to offend Celtics people you said uh the kind of a system going on there you're not going to get the you're probably not going to get the same return uh, one 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 of my favorite things uh, a satirical thing was posted on reddit uh, suggesting that the Sixers should blow it up because uh, you know you can't you can't get trapped with with a max Embiid, and then and then you're gonna have to max out Ben Simmons in, in two years, and uh, obviously you know people were taking it as serious. I thought it was hilarious because it does. On the one hand, it highlights the stupidity of a lot of the blow em up takes. Like we saw some severe limitations, or we're seeing limitations right now in Ben Simmons' game, and obviously he's a rookie. And you're seeing Joel Embiid, who, who you know like. Back to the basket plays aren't working. Zach Lowe pointed out it's like 0. 0.55 points per Embiid post-up. Uh things aren't going well. And yeah, in uh in 2020, 21, like they're gonna be playing both of them the max, but but it's okay. Like maybe this team can still achieve winning a championship, but it doesn't matter. It goes to the Raptors. Like the Raptors they won 59 games and they can't beat LeBron James. And they're like, we, we gotta end it. It's like hey guys, like Winning a bunch of games is, is the point. Like, just trying, just being in the conversation. But thinking, thinking about, uh, thinking about those contracts coming up, I actually was thinking about, uh, the young core in Utah, which again, Utah Damn. just, just losing to the Rockets tonight. But I was looking at the salaries because, like, you got Donovan Mitchell, who's 21, and Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. who's twenty-five. And like we don't even talk about them as much as being this like this like special young core because of where Donovan Mitchell being an actual uh first year on the pay, you know, first year salary rookie, <laughs> you know, a real rookie, if you will. A
1: real rookie.
0: <laughs> he's uh he's only gonna be making nine million dollars in the next three years combined. Uh Mitchell and Gobert only combined to make what twenty five million next year compared to thirty two for Embiid and Simmons, and then again wow. two years down the line, you're going to be paying Embiid and Simmons two max contracts. You're going to be paying Gobert and Mitchell just twenty eight million dollars. So like it, when it comes to that, which young duo would you rather have? I think I would take the Jazz because like like the, if it's if a tiebreaker, it's like the salaries. Like they're farther back on the salary scale. You can add another max player you know, under the salary cap with uh, Mitchell and Gobert. Who would you rather have as far as a, a young duo if you can't have uh, Terry Regier and Jason Tatum?
1: Uh, oh, if I can't have those two, I don't want anybody. <laughs> right. Now, um, now uh, I think, I guess what it boils down to then, am I, do I think that Donovan, I'm not going if to, you, if you factor the salary, you made a very compelling argument. But then I got to think like, Embiid is going to be maybe a top five player in the NBA if he stays healthy. I think so. He's one of those, He has that kind yeah. of talent. But, yeah. You know.
0: But also Donovan you Mitchell. have the, you have the, if he stayed healthy, like Gobert misses yeah, games every year, but he also doesn't have as many red flags.
1: Uh, you raise a very good point. And then I'm, I'm looking at Embiid's health versus Donovan Mitchell. because To me, Donovan Mitchell is, is the, the guy right in Utah. Sure. Gobert's a great defender, but you know, Go Donovan Mitchell makes that team go. And on the other end of it, I think Embiid has to be that guy. Simmons would be that, you know, the sidekick, but mm-hmm. Embiid has to be that guy. Yeah, I, I could see it. I'll have to say, if you're just saying in a vacuum, in a vacuum, I would say uh, Simmons and Embiid, because I like Embiid out of all those players. I think he's the best, or he has the potential to be the best. But if you're talking about factoring salary and injury concerns and look what Simmons... They're they are daring Simmons to shoot. They're yeah. backing 50 feet off from it. He's just he's he, he explain this to me. Let me ask you. You take a year off, not take a year off, you're rehabbing, but then you're ready to come back in like February. He tried to come back last year at the all-star break, and they're like, nah, we'll show you down. So he was on the court. How do you not develop at least a spot up jumper? How do you not at least develop a, the threat of a of a shot? Okay. That's a that's a little rant about. I don't, him.
0: I don't even yeah, I don't even know why. Just the threat. Like you have guys in the NBA who shoot terrible percentages, but I feel like that's somewhat better. I don't know. Is it better for him to shoot thirty-five percent jumpers like three times a game? As Absolutely. opposed to is opposed to zero? Like he just Absolutely. not not taking a shot.
1: That Marcus Mark keeps the offense humming, even though he he shoots like crap because when the ball swings to him in that position, you shoot it because you're supposed to shoot it. And that that that's what the offense is designed to do. So yeah. All right. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to agree with you. Um I love Donovan Mitchell. He's going to be like to me. He's the next perimeter superstar, you know. Yeah. Once the, the the current generation kind of goes as it goes on, and it, when he's twenty five, twenty six, he's going to be out of this world. So yeah, I, I would go Mitchell and and Gobert. Even though I'm not as high in Gobert as a lot of people.
0: I'm just yeah, not. The, the this rocket series has really uh, done a number on any of those. Gobert is a top ten NBA player. Takes it's like he's uh he's having a tough time and. Well, Clint, and he, he's Clint so Capella is, is, uh, is just e- taking his lunch money.
1: Right? He's so situational. Like he needs a very specific team around him to, to be like it's almost like Tyson Chandler when he was with, in Dallas, right? Because mm-hmm. sure, you block shots and you catch alley oops, and this is great. And you, you know, you can finish a little bit around the rim, but we're we're there's if uh, the elite perimeter guys can can give him a lot of trouble because he just can't guard out there, and then you know, Clint Capella matches him and has the athleticism and he's like, he's killing him. So yeah, he, he's just, he's a very role specific superstar. If you want to call him that while, you know, Embiid is just a superstar and same, same thing with Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. They're just, they're going to be stars.
0: Yeah. I think the, my excitement level for Embiid got, got actually seriously hampered by just these three games of the Celtics series. Like, Yeah. uh, yeah. Like I really was like, I don't feel like he's, like maybe, again, it's such a small sample size and it's the biggest stage he's ever played on. Uh, but I, I don't know. I've been disappointed. It looks like he has like a mild case of the yips every time he shoots like a little jump hook. Like the touch isn't there and it looks like he's just rushing it. I don't know. I'm, uh, I've am lost I've lost like a little bit more of the shine off Embiid than uh, I feel like I was more starry-eyed about him when the playoffs started of him being like, well, you know, I don't know, a transformational superstar. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah he's, he's just super good.
1: You remember this have you ever heard saying about how a draft picked like, loses so much of its value the minute you make the pick because right. now it's yeah. an active player? Yes. That's what we said with Embiid. It was the, the what we thought he would do in the playoffs. And even what we saw a little bit in the first round, he looks like, you know, we want our, our superstars to be like, you know, like gods on the court, like like LeBron. You know, or like like when uh, Donovan Mitchell went for 38 or 37 against OKC, you know, we want our superstar just to be totally dominant. And he's playing a really strong defender in Al Horford and Aaron Baines and the coach and the scheme, everything's set up. They're not letting him be a superstar. Right. They're just there. You got to give them credit. But you're right. Um, I I, that's what I call. I thought Philly in Philly in six. I thought Embiid would just go in there and lay waste. He'd be Godzilla. And we're seeing that again, maybe we underestimated Al Horford's defense. Did you hear that uh, Brad Stevens says that a lot of times when they're in practice all season, they would put six people on Al Horford's teams because they wanted to save him just for this occasion. They used him very gently all season just for this occasion. So when the playoffs came, they could just unleash him. And we're seeing Al Horford, you know, he's he's averaging like 18 and 8. And he's playing amazing defense. Like maybe, you know, people called him average out because his numbers were never there. With him, it's about, about numbers. But we see that when he needs to, he can actually get things done.
0: Yeah. It's been impressive. And as you said, like the, the Celtics have just done such a good job on defense and they have, as you said, these versatile interchangeable pieces, those long wings. And then, you know, Marcus smart, like, like just wrecking guys. Like I I, I pick, I picked the Sixers in five, but like just thinking like, as you said, they, they would overwhelm them. But I think it, it was, it was the first half of game two when the Sixers were winning and they were hitting a ton of jump shots and I actually was, uh, I, I was, I, I put it in our, our Patreon only slack for our listeners. Like I think Philly's done because JJ Reddick ever, hit every single shot and they're up by like eight. Like this is not, this is not sustainable. And, and the Celtics are, I think you're going to leave here two zero, and they did, but, uh, all right. So to wrap up, James, are you not at all concerned that we've, we've now jinxed your Celtics the series and over. Uh.
1: Yeah, I've been a little bit, I've been a little saucy lately and I'm I'm worried (laughs) about, you know, maybe I might be, you know, maybe the basketball gods are going to turn their evil eye my direction. So I'm trying to just keep it. uh, But, you know, again, it's all it's it's all wonder. It's almost like I'm the I'm the boozy uncle who just is happy to be here at the family reunion, watch everybody succeed, because this is not supposed to be happening. You know, it's not supposed to be happening. And Jason Tatum taking a giant step. So I hope we didn't. And guess what? Honestly, this is going to sound real, very uncompetitive of me. If Philly is somehow turns this around and comes back from a 0-3 hole and wins a series, tip your cap, and they've done something historic. And those young boys earned it. They're going to earn it then.
0: If uh, I think it's going to be the gentleman sweep, I assume the Sixers will win Game Four. Actually, maybe not. They might give it up. Anyway, uh, if if assuming the Celtics move on, do you think? Dare you imagine? they take down LeBron James? No.
1: No. I I, I can imagine. So, yeah, the homer in me can say that somehow they do. But, look, LeBron James, I've been long. uh, Michael Jordan is forever and ever the greatest, no matter what you say, guy. That's been me for years. LeBron has got me to say, okay, I can see LeBron approaching that territory. He needs to do certain things, but I can understand the conversation. And watching him in this series, sure, it's against the Raptors. If we look back in history, the Raptors aren't a great team, right? They're not gonna be some, but he is just doing things on the court that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's 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 he. If he doesn't get back to the finals, then uh, I would be shocked because you know. And so I just I don't want I want to enjoy this right now with the Celtics because next round might be a lot uglier when LeBron James is just knifing through him and Kevin Love's bombing away again and Tristan Thompson is who has always been a terrible matchup for all Al Horford is just destroying him again. If that's happening, I don't want to be bummed out, right, and feel disappointed in in the Celtics. So I'm enjoying this right now.
0: That's the that's the right attitude. All right, James, you got any uh, things to plug for us?
1: Uh, yeah. Hey, Jesse Blanchard over at Bo Breakdown. I'm sorry, he he has like like six things on my plate for me to write, and I've I've been screwing off. So, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm working on something about the young Celtics and something about uh, Chris Paul. So, uh, yeah.
0: That sounds good, James. Thanks for coming on. I think we have like, I'm guessing maybe 25 games left the season. So soak uh, them, soak them all in.
1: Let me ask you, who you got in the finals?
0: I have Cavs Warriors. I've had Cavs Warriors all season. The one thing I've gotten right all season is being like, yes, Cal- Le- yes, LeBron's going to win the-, the Eastern Conference. You asked me in February when they were terrible. I'm like, yeah, I got like a LeBron. I'm going with LeBron. Wow, like,
1: no. so you never wavered. You never, you never fell for the Kool Aid.
0: I never. I mean, wavered. Yes, as in like, guys. I'm wavering. <laughs> However, no, like I'm sticking with LeBron. Why would I take anyone like like LeBron or the field? I said every time I have LeBron, like you guys can have the field. Like I, every year I feel like I feel like there's been other years of the podcast where I feel like we'd be like, what's wrong with the Spurs in January? And, you know, then they turn out to be awesome. So i I'd like I feel like in the, the, the few years of doing the podcast, I've been like, you know what? When you do weekly content, you overreact to stuff. Like no, I believe in LeBron James. I don't care how bad they look in the middle of the season. I believe in LeBron James. So, no, I'm uh, I, I still got Cavs and Warriors. You?
1: How do you feel about that? Does that like excite you?
0: It does. It it doesn't bother me no. at all. I mean, I am. One of my things about watching the NBA is I like the smaller stories. I like mm-hmm. the regular season more than the playoffs. I love the fact that we've gotten to the second round of the playoffs and they're boring because I don't have to watch them as much. And I have like free time. Like I am obsessed with thinking about the NBA and like off season movements and free agency and then trades in the regular season. The playoffs have never like captured me, captured my imagination as much. Cause I guess my favorite team has never been in it. I guess when when it became available for me to watch all regular season games, I got less interested in the playoffs. So that makes me the I guess the outlier. Like I think Matt Moore was yelling at me about like really like why does it matter? Because the Rockets are so good. I'm like I don't watch the rocket. I don't watch the Rockets <laughs> play basketball. Like I like I hardly ever watch the Rockets play basketball. I watch the Magic and and, and the Bucks play. You know like that's I find <laughs> I find that more interesting. Um. So no, I'm I'm not bothered by it. I'm actually excited about it. Like for me, that's like. I, like, I don't want to see, I don't like, I would, I don't want to see the Celtics team get in because in my mind, they're not like a historically great team. That's not that interesting. Like, I, I'm fine watching the regular season. Uh, but no, I, I do. I guess I want to see the Titan LeBron face off with the Titan Warriors. I hate the Rockets, yeah. so I'm not sure for the just, Rockets. So
1: it's going to turn. I just worry it's going to be another five, five. It's going to be another four, one Warriors win. You know, like I, I just, I, I just don't think it's going to be that compelling. Yeah, I, I don't,
0: I, I don't think it'll be competitive. I don't as much as I have been had an unwavering trust that LeBron James would make the finals. I do not think it will be a competitive finals.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. It kind of that buzzed me out, but it's anticlimactic.
0: Yeah, so we got 25 games left. I'm guessing like like nine of them are good. Maybe the 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 conference finals pretty good.
1: I'm going to enjoy Maybe. the hell out of, every, I'm kind of like you, the min, the, the minutiae of the yes. NBA can be more than a lot of stuff. So like, to me, this series, like these playoffs have been great too, because I'm, as a Celtics fan, like you just said it though, because you have your team, but no, if your team's not involved, I get to watch these guys game to game, like whatever. It's, it's a, hey, Jalen Brown's playing on one leg and he had 60 to nine the other night. That's incredible to me. So, like, yeah. To me, whatever the, the rest of Celtics game is going to be great. Um, I, yeah, I just like I'm like you, man. I, I haven't watched much Warriors and Pelicans. It's just not. It's just not really entertaining. It's just not.
0: Hey, man, I got a, I got a lottery party next week. And then and then, and then we got to think about the draft. Then it's summer league, and that that's my go time. Off season, baby. That's when I get excited again.
1: I just want to see my team on the floor healthy next year.
0: <laughs> well, me too, as a Grizzlies fan. Give me 62 games of Chandler Parsons, 70 games of Mike Conley and Marc Gasol. Let's do it. All right, James. Hey, thanks so much, buddy. Talk to you soon.
1: All right, brother, man. Thanks for having me on, man. Let's do it again soon.
0: All right. Thanks to James for coming on. Check him out at Snotty Drippin' on Twitter. You want to follow me on Twitter? It's at FastBreakBreak. Going to support the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash fastbreak breakfast. Download the draft app, draft.com slash fastbreak. Use the code FASTBREAK to let them know that we sent you. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never
1: apologize for being g and Fab break, break, man. You understand?